2 Timothy chapter 1, and I want to read verse 3 through 5. It's a very familiar verse of scripture. You all are very familiar with it. But on this Sunday morning, I don't know if there'd be a more appropriate scripture to start this sermon than this one on this morning. Once again, the book of 2 Corinthians, excuse me, 2 Timothy, and we'll look at chapter 1, uh, verse, chapter 1, verse 3 through 5. Uh, Paul writes the letter to Timothy. Timothy is his protege. Timothy would be his apprentice. Timothy would be his son in the gospel. And so during this second approach or second time of writing, here's the words that Paul affectionately wants Timothy to know today. He says, I thank God whom I serve with a pure conscience as my forefathers did, as without ceasing. Timothy, I remember you in my prayers both night and day. In fact, I greatly desire to see you being mindful of your tears that I may be or that I may be filled with joy. Timothy, when I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you. Timothy, when I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you. This faith dwelt first in your grandmother, Lois. And your mother, Eunice. And Timothy, son, I am persuaded. I am fully convinced that the faith of your grandmother and the faith of your mother is also in you. Uh, would you skip down to 2 Timothy chapter 3? Let's go over to chapter 3. Let's go over from chapter 1 to chapter 3. And I want you to look at verse 14 and 15. We're talking about this faith that mom and this faith that grandma continued in the life of Timothy. Uh, I don't, I'm not sure, Elder Hall, if it was a faith to buy a new car. I'm not, I don't think it would have been a faith to get a new home or buy new clothing. But I believe in chapter 3, Paul expounds on this faith. Verse 14 and 15. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have become convinced of because knowing that those whom you have learned it your mother and your grandmother and how you have from infancy from a child from infancy okay from infancy i want you to read between the lines on this morning as an infant you have known the holy scriptures which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. Through faith in Christ Jesus. I'd like to talk just for the next few moments this morning about godly mothers. In fact, our godly mothers. And I'm not going to just use the word mothers because just because someone's a mother doesn't necessarily mean they're godly mothers. And I'm going to put the possession on the word our. Because I think there's something that we have in the church. There's something we have in the kingdom. And I'll go ahead a step further and say I think there's something in our particular community that we have that the world would die to have. And I believe that is the product, the commodity, and the asset of having godly women, godly mothers, producing women our mothers I should say that will continue a tradition in the lineage that I believe is probably the only effect 
and changing this generation and changing this world. I'm reminded of a story. I shared this story years ago, but it was an old-fashioned tent revival where the guest evangelist, after the revival, had visited the mother and her two sons at their home. And the mother asked this question. Uh, she said, Preacher, why are my boys not saved? While other young men are saved in their homes, my boys don't seem to be interested in the things of the Lord. And I see no tears, and I, I see no evidence of any conviction. Preacher, can you tell me why? The preacher said in response, can you stand for me to be very honest and very brutally transparent with you? Your boys, quote-unquote, are dry-eyed. They're unconvicted, unconvinced, and they are unconcerned. And all of this is because of one reason. Because their mother is not. Because their mother is not. He went on to ask the question, did you ever take them aside and talk with them about the salvation of Jesus? And the mother said, never. Have you ever gone sleepless nights weeping and praying over their lost spiritual condition? The mother began to cry and said, never. And the preacher said, well, the boys are unsaved because their mother has no burden for them. I want to talk about our godly mothers. You know, the beautiful thing about that story is that woman went to bed that night brokenhearted, crying and weeping, and she found herself pacing the floor in the middle of the night crying and weeping, and she began to pray and intercede for her sons. The very next day, her sons came to her and said, Mama, we heard you crying last night. And not only did we hear you crying last night, we heard you praying for us. We've decided now is the time to give our lives to the Lord. I need you to know right now, there can probably be no greater impact or influence. And I almost hate to admit this because I'm strong on men and men's influence as a dad. But as you heard my wife testify this morning, I don't know if there's any greater consistent influence on the life of a child than that mother. And I know I've written books and I've written op-eds and periodicals and I've taught and preached a whole lot about the impact of a dad. Because I do believe that dad is destiny. Come on back in June and we'll talk about that during uh, Father's Day. I do believe with all my heart that so goes dad, so goes the family. But we're living in a very quasi-generation where mom, unfortunately, in our black community, at least 65% of us, of our community, has to be both mom and dad. Now, though she can't replace dad, God gifts and strengthens and equips her somehow by heaven to do the work in her home. So as I watch the impact that my wife has had on my sons and on my daughter, I am fully convinced the faith that was in grandmother and in the mom can also be in your child. But if there's ever been a time for godly mothers, now is the time. This morning we celebrate all the mothers on this beautiful Mother's Day weekend. We honor the many mothers who have gracefully raised their children in the fear and in the admonition of the Lord. We want to take a moment to honor and celebrate those who have given birth to a child. We appreciate at the same time, equally so, all of our single mothers that are here today. We applaud and, and celebrate our single mothers. I'd be remiss if I didn't take time to thank God for those mothers who are here today and those women who are seeking one day 
to be a mother. We're agreeing and praying with you that God would bless you and your husband to one day have that birth and have that child that God has so put in your heart to have. And then finally, maybe you're like me today. I'm feeling and I'm, 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 I'm not my best today because I think about my mother. And I get real busy throughout the week, real busy throughout the month, real busy throughout the year. And I'll be the first to admit to you, I can't tell you from time to time, my mother's been past three years, five years, six years, four years. It is something that I've hidden subconsciously in my world. Because as you celebrate your moms and as I see all the pictures on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter, boy, to have one more Saturday afternoon at the table with my mama. To take it and get ice cream on Statesville Road at the Baskin and Robin. To push that wheelchair maybe one more time and let her know how much I love her. So I want to encourage every one of you, if your mama is living, whatever disagreements and what issues and drama and whatever going on, you better cut through the chase and find a way to tell your mama how much you love her and appreciate her. But those of you whose mom is no longer on the earth, continue to live that legacy and that leadership and that life that would so make her proud. I want to talk to you a few moments about seven habits or seven characteristics of a godly mother. Seven characteristics of a godly mother. I, I, don't, I don't feel like this is a long message, but I hope I'm not telling you anything you don't already know. But I do need to remind some of you all that everybody wants to be a Proverbs 31 woman. But based on what Lemuel's mother said, that's a tall order. And it will take a lifetime to continue on. And Pastor Marion, thank you for what you said because you said it so eloquently well. It's something that you love. It's probably the hardest job, I think if I heard you correctly, that you will love to do. Some of the characteristics of a godly mother, number one, she speaks life and confidence into the destiny of her children. And I need you to right now, if you are a mother, use this as a check mark or use this as a checklist. And maybe you get all seven. Maybe you get five out of the seven. Maybe you need some help and you need three out of the seven. But maybe just maybe you're in a position to where now you can be like Deborah, who says, I arose a mother in Zion. And maybe you are past your childbearing years. But if you're in this earth, and God bless all of our church mothers today. Every one of our church mothers today. I want to particularly thank God for Mother Lewis, who could not be here with us this morning. She's home resting and recovering. And we thank God for her and thank God for all of our church mothers that are here on this morning. I, I believe the city church, and not only the city church, I believe every church needs a mother's board. I believe there's ever been a time, and now that we're in this post-pandemic pseudo world of going, trying to find this new norm, one of the things I pray we don't lose in translation is the position, the priority, and the placement of church mothers. You know, a lot of times we're looking for how do we raise godly women? How will we raise these teenage girls? And it was never really the job of the pastor. It was never really the job of the elders, of the ministers, of the deacon. The Bible says that it is the older women who trained the younger women. Uh, can anybody talk to me this morning? I know it's Mother's Day and I won't be long, but we, we need a quorum of godly women and mothers that, that, that will spend the rest and the best of their lives training and raising up these younger mothers and younger women. Uh, she speaks life and confidence into the destiny of her children. Everyone in this room knows you've heard your mother say eventually there's nothing on this earth you can't do. 
Uh, there's no place you can't go in this life. Uh, Philippians 1 6 reminds us that being very confident in this thing that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it to the day of Jesus Christ. Uh, mom has a way of speaking life and speaking confidence in to your situation. I I'm reminded of uh, a gentleman who wrote these words says my mother said to me if you are a soldier you'll become a general. If you are a monk you'll eventually become the pope. Instead, I was a painter, and I became Pablo Picasso. A mother has a unique way of seeing beyond the average and the now and the bad and speaking life and speaking a confidence that will cut, put a sail under your wind or a wind under your sail to higher heights. Number two, she builds godly conviction. She builds godly conviction. Let's go back to the story about mom whose sons were not saved. Mothers, yes, give those children the shoes that they desire. Thank God for the games that they play. Thank God for all of the wonderful materialistic toys and things that our kids or teens would ever want in a lifetime. But it'd be a sad day for them to have all of those things and at one time have you planted conviction in that child planted a godly conviction in that child. Proverbs 31, 8 and 9 says this, speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves. Ensure justice for those that are being crushed. Yes, Lemuel's mama writes to the son, son, I want you to speak up for the poor and the helpless and see that they get justice. There's never been a time for mothers to help bring a sense of justice and equity to the house and speaking to your children about keeping the main thing the main thing. And after you make all the money, after you've shaken all the hands, after you've had all of the successes, you make sure you become a voice for the voiceless. You make sure you stand up for those that are poor and make sure that there's justice for all. Number three, she demonstrates unconditional love. Let me pause on this one for a moment because I think everyone needs to go back down memory lane and see, remember how your mama loved you when no one else really cared about you. Uh, no one in the back is saying amen. I, I hope I, don't, I haven't lost you so soon in the message. Uh, would you all not agree with me that there is no, there, there is no, there is nothing or there is no love like a mother's love. You could be the ugliest child in the room and your mama still gonna love you. Uh, I still can't get nobody in the back to say amen. I hope I'm not conjuring up no bad feelings. Listen, you could literally be the baddest rascal in the room. And somehow or another, mom is going to love you. You could have, you could listen. I, I mean, you know, a mother has an, an, an unconditional, unearned, unmerited love. And I think maybe it's because God wanted to demonstrate his unconditional love on the earth. I mean, how many times has your child disappointed you? And like, you know, like it was said earlier, yeah, you kind of want to go berserk and go post office and uh, put an end to all of this. But there's just something about the unconditional love that only a mother, and I'll be honest with you now, because as dads, we can check out in the heartbeat and be like, you know what, I'm through with it. Just let it be what it's going to be. You know what? A good night in jail will probably do them right. And you know, let them go ahead and lose this. Let them go ahead and lose that. They'll be just fine. But something about a mother that says, I can't let my baby go. 
I just can't throw them out there to the wolves like that. Number four, number four, number four, she's loyal and faithful to her family. Proverbs 1, excuse me, Proverbs 14, 1 says this, a wise woman builds her house. Any wise woman in the room? A wise woman, come on, say that with me, a wise woman. Yeah, uh, not just any old woman, but a wise woman builds her house, but the foolish pulls it down. How? With her hands. She becomes such a busybody. She becomes such a person who meddles in all of the other affairs of the community. But when it comes to her own house, God gives her the grace to build that home. And we're not talking about physically building, of course, but building that home morally and spiritually and ethically in every sense of the word. But it will take a godly mother who understands how to hold her tongue when it's needed the most. It'll take a godly mother who will learn how to disagree agreeably, right, when it comes to the opportunity to build versus destroy. She knows how to be faithful and loyal to her family. Number five, she de she's determined and she's diligent in her work and business affairs. I've said this before and I'll say it again. COVID-19, this two and a half year pandemic, has been a, uh, a, a, a sledgehammer to so many people. And it has been tough, it's been hard, it's been negative, it's, it's been deplorable. But there are people who are actually being blessed and there are people who have actually increased and I kind of wonder sometime to myself, how many people took what was meant for evil, but at home from their kitchen table, from their laptop, maybe even from their cell phone, created another income engine, created another opportunity. Maybe you went back to school after 20 years. Maybe you got some relationships right. One thing about a godly mother, she's determined and she's diligent in her work and her business affairs. Proverbs 31, 25, strength and honor are her clothing. She shall rejoice in the time to come. She opens her mouth with wisdom. Her tongue is the law of kindness. She watches over the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. There's never been a time for mothers as you work diligently and determined. May I remind you just real quick before I take my seat that God is not forgetful of your labors of love. God is not forgetful of the work, of the labor, right? Of the things that you've done for your family. This is why Lemuel's mother has the conclusion of the matter. Number six, she lives holy in an unholy world. I think that'd be a bad preacher today if I didn't talk about the power of holiness and the virtue of righteousness because we live in a day and time now just walk through the malls of Charlotte North Carolina just go to some of the public events you look at so-called mothers and it makes you scratch your head and wonder my god what type of day are we I expect this from our kids and our kids kids now you got grandmamas hanging out one and two and three in the morning at the club hanging out on the street corner Rollers in her hair. Inked up everywhere. I'm talking about quote-unquote mamas who should be virtuous examples. Now fighting their daughters over the same man. Mamas who ought to be uh, uh, the epitome uh, and, and the poster child of elegance and joy and love and wisdom and maturity. 
I hate to admit this, but my Lord, you turn on the TV and watch 11 o'clock news at night and it, 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 it seems like a parade, particularly in our community. We need mothers who know how to be godly. An ungodly world. Paul writes and says, men, women, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, present yourselves living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is a reasonable service. Understand that do not be conformed to this world. I know it's been tough. It's been hard. And we've had a lot of things thrown against us. But do not be conformed to this world. Everybody's gossiping and everybody's envious and jealous and backbiting. But do not be conformed to this world. But be you transformed by the renewing of your mind. And why do you not want to prove what is good and what is reasonable, what is acceptable and the perfect will of God? I've given you six characteristics of a godly mother. But I think number seven to me is the greatest of all of the characteristics. And I want you to cut, cut, cut the volume up a little louder. And I want you to hear me with crystal clarity. Because the greatest gift, trait, characteristic, I believe, of a godly mother is this. She nurtures not only natural life, but most importantly, she nurtures in the spirit. And I want to take these last five minutes and focus on this one. I heard it said already in these presentations today from my wife and from others. Mamas, the greatest impact is that you nurture your child in the things of the Lord and the fear and admonition of the Lord. And we applaud and celebrate and we really want to make a lot of room for entrepreneur and school and education and those that are in the military and, and those that are striving in whatever industry or marketplace they're in. But what would it profit your child to gain the whole world and not have an answer for their soul? What could they give in an exchange for their spiritual salvation? I'd like to go back just for a moment here because when I look at the grandmother and the mother, here's their impact on Timothy. Paul says, Timothy, I thank God. It's with a pure conscience that I can say this. But Timothy, you got the real deal, my boy. You don't have just Sunday morning religion. You don't just have uh, uh, the outward appearance, but you're missing it on the inside. There was something that your grandmother prayed you through. Something that your grandmother walked you through. And it was passed on to her mother, her daughter. And now that your mother, Timothy, has fulfilled her godly assignment, I am totally convinced that there's going to be some great things happening in your life. I think that should be the prayer. And I'm almost finished. I think that should be the prayer of every woman in this room, every mother in this room. That yes, one day you also will be called blessed. Not because of the finances, not because of the education, not because of all of the extracurricular, but the fact that your child knew the Lord. And that's not an easy task in 2022. <laughs> Bible says that it's with these tears and I'm filled with joy because this was imparted into you. He says, continue, son, and what you've learned. Continue of how you were convinced because of those whom you've learned it from. And you know what, Timothy? 
And I thought I was going to be able to get through this message without veering into the, the relevant everyday on time, what things that we deal with right now. But Timothy, it was from your infancy that you were exposed and that the ministry of the word was given to you. Somewhere between this pending recession, somewhere between this Roe versus Wade dilemma, pending answers from the highest court in the land, I know that this is not going to come out the way you wanted it to come out on Mother's Day weekend. But I had a reminder today that I truly believe that it is the natural, God-given mother that is being so attacked, so fought against in our social, political world. And I know some of you are, 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 hope, are clenching your fists. Please don't go there. But I'm so sick and tired of seeing these commercials that Walmart, and Amazon and all of these quote-unquote corporations feel that they have to now acknowledge two men with a couple of little black kids and now this is the family. That is a direct assault against the woman who has a womb and can give birth. One of the things we've concluded is this. If everybody has a right and if everybody can just answer the problem of not having an unnecessary child, you wouldn't be sitting here today to hear this conversation. I wouldn't be sitting here today to answer this conversation. There are more little young black African-American babies who won't have the opportunity to hear from their infancy the word of God. Because they may have been an inconvenience. My sister-in-law put a post up yesterday. I didn't read all of it, but it gave all of the percentages and reasons why people have abortions. And outstandingly by itself, the number one motive was they really had no reason. There really was no legitimate reason. They just did it. And here we are with our dumb selves as African-American women sitting there crying out loud. Well, we don't know the history. We don't know the strategy and the systematic, I'm just going to call it, <laughs> plot to reduce our population. And then you combine that with you have, ah, leave them alone, leave the agenda alone. Oh, let people marry who they want to marry. Okay, it's two men with two little boys. So what? Well, you know, we said that 30 years ago. We were saying that 50 years ago. And I hope I'm not ruining your Mother's Day moment here at the City Church. But nobody gets the bottom of this situation like the mother. And I need you to know right now that we are living in a day where we have to cry aloud and spare not. Listen, listen. This is no time for the preacher to be silent. Fearing opinions and popularity and, and tithing offerings and 
membership size. There's no time for the church to go AWOL and missing. We were never called to be the thermometer of our community. We were called to be the thermostat. We set the temperature. We set the environment. We set the culture. The church was never meant to be a subculture of a community. We were meant as the church to set the course. And now we've gotten to a point now we can't even say amen on Sundays. Happy Mother's Day, by the way. But my heart breaks when there continual excuse me, continued or continual rivals and more competitiveness and more enemies and more opposition that goes diametrically against the DNA and God-given right to be a mother in this day and time. I think I have a greater value for the African-American woman and mother that I've had in my entire life because there's such an undercurrent of opposition you face every day. Not for money, not for positions and status, but just to be a mom. And at the same time, I applaud you. I applaud you and I celebrate every one of you for the grit and the grace and the strength to endure. Would you clap your hands and help me one more time applaud and appreciate all of these mothers in the house. My time is up, but I want to close how I began. Not everybody can be a Proverbs 31 mom. Not everyone can be a Proverbs 31 woman. According, and by the way, I know we give a lot of credit to Solomon because he did write the majority of the Proverbs. But this last proverb, and, and excuse me, this last proverb we find in particularly 31 was not even written by a man. It was the advice that Lemuel's mother gave. So Lemuel basically is just reciting and remembering everything his mama taught him. This woman that she depicts, we'd call a superwoman today. You know why? Because she was a manager, manufacturer, an importer of goods, a farmer, right? A realtor, a seamstress, an upholsteress, a merchant of trade, all at the same time, all in the same life, all by the same godly mother. She was an amazing wife and she was an excellent mother. And so we look now as thousands of years later and we use her as the benchmark of what a godly mother should be like. Uh, let me remind you of this real quick. Number one, we see her worth. She's more precious than rubies, verse 10. We see her work. She's willingly works with her hands, verse 13. We also see her wealth. Why? Because she considers a field. You know what? She strokes the pen of a check and she buys the field. We see her wisdom. 
Bible says in verse 26, when she opened her mouth, wisdom poured out. Number five, we see her worship. She is a woman, verse 30, whom the Bible says feared the Lord. You take these characteristics, you take these qualities, and you have a godly mother. May I add this one last thing, and I hope I don't upset anybody when I say this. In fact, yes, I do. I hope you're offended when I say what I'm getting ready to say. Notice, ladies. Notice, mothers, not one time in the book of Proverbs 31 does it ever mention her physical appearance. Not one time did it ever mention her external looks. Uh, it was more all about her inner beauty and all about her character and integrity that counted. I know I'm going to get in trouble. Somebody will start to call for me because I feel like I may not be able to get my guest room out of the way. But in a day and time where people are putting money and building bigger body parts, in a day and time where we got to have 500 selfies to see how beautiful we are, mirror, mirror on the wall. Who's the most beautiful one in the room? Well, you're the only one in the room, baby. So get past it. Let's get to work and be a virtual woman. In a day and time where we get offended and upset because someone didn't like me here or we weren't a friend there or this social media mess, we have to get back to raising up a generation of women that will have an inner beauty on the inside with your big lips. We got to have a woman, a generation of women who will look in the room with your short hair and say, I'm still beautiful. I'm still gorgeous. I'm still altogether lovely. We need a generation of godly mothers who will rise up. Stand to your feet if you would. The Bible goes on to conclude and says, at the end of the day, her children will rise up and call her blessed. Her husband will also praise her. Bible says many daughters have done well but sister sweetheart you have excelled them all you know charm is deceitful beauty is passing but a woman who fears the Lord but a woman who fears the Lord but a mother who will fear the Lord Bible says she shall be praised our hats go off today for every godly woman every godly mother we celebrate and honor god for you today make the difference be the difference i believe that when you get to heaven the lord will rewind certain seasons in your life and some of you all would never have realized actually how strong and how diligent and how powerful you were in this earth. You got to deal with it at home, on the job, with your business, in the classroom, in the traffic jam. Now you got to deal with it in the media. You got to deal with it in institutions. Now you got to be rival with false families that want to be you, but don't have the courage to be you. You got a generation of so many others who will manufacture their bodies to look like what God naturally gave you. And I think, that is, I think that's interesting about itself. So many other populations will pay thousands and thousands of dollars to have the curvature that you have. But then many of us, we're so embarrassed and shamed of what we've got, we'll spend thousands of dollars 
to look like them. Yes. Hallelujah. Not one time was it ever mentioned the outer appearance of that Proverbs 31 woman. And I'm not saying don't look your best. That's certainly not what I'm saying. I'm certainly not saying don't uh, uh, vanity and, and, and accentuations and makeup. All that is wonderful and great, but it don't make you. Yes. Amen. Amen. God made you who you were and who you are. And what people will talk about you for the years to come will have nothing to do with the length of your hair and the complexion of your skin. It will have all that have been done with how you worked and, and how you forgave and how you loved and how you spoke confidence and conviction. It will all to do with your integrity and character of the inside. And when you can no longer speak yourself, your children will rise up and say, I am the governor today because of my mama. I am a debt-free multi-millionaire today because of my mama. I am saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost, got my mind right, got a beautiful, gorgeous wife and awesome kids. Why? Because of my mama. And her kids will rise up and call her blessed. Every head by every eye closed. Father, my first prayer is to pray over these your precious daughters in Zion. God, that you'd give them courage, conviction. Lord, that you'd give them a, a new sense of, of grace and grit. Father, that these next years of their lives will be the best years of their lives. That there is no condemnation. There is no shame. There is no guilt. But God, whom the sun sets free is free indeed. May they be so free and liberated to soar as an eagle. To be the daughters of the King Most High that you call them to be. And God, we thank you today for all of our mothers. Those that are yet with us and those that are with you. Today, God, that we'd walk continually in that faith, in that lineage, in that tradition. You're here today, Pastor. I, I just, I'd like for someone to pray for me. I know I can be a better mother. I know that I owe it to my family, to my children. I owe it to you, the Lord, to maximize and fulfill my life as a godly woman. I want to pray for you right where you're standing. Just right where you're standing right where you're standing every head bowed every eye closed every head bowed every eye closed and just maybe just for a moment just for a moment you say pastor i'd like to be prayed for i want you to take a moment just right where you're standing every head every eye closed would you just slip your hand in the air and keep that hand raised i want to pray for you i see your hands i see your hand i see your hand that's all just want to pray for you Father, you also see their hands, but more importantly, you see their hearts. For man looks at the outward, but you look on the inward. And so, Father, I just so thank you right now for the word of God piercing and penetrating, being placed in their hearts, that they would respond and there'd be change and increase. Thank you for, for the word of the Lord. Thank you that they shall seek you while you may be found. 
that God you forgive them of all of their sins and iniquities and transgressions and today God they have a brand new life of a renewal a recommitment to be a daughter of the Lord and to be a godly mother father I thank you for those that are here maybe they're standing proxy for a child a son or a daughter young or old and they so desire them to walk with you and to, to know you and the pardon of their sins father i set my faith in agreement with them and we agree on the earth in fact we speak and declare and decree that their children will come to know you and that they'll have an authentic genuine faith as paul writes and speaks of timothy's faith all because of their mother and their grandmother father thank you today for what you've done and what you shall do in the mighty and matchless name of jesus i just ask that you, you can put those hands down and just just while we're yet in the presence of the lord for those that are online today and i'm gonna come into this camera right here just for a moment for those of you that are watching online may i encourage you and may i also minister core of your situation that it is in him Jesus that we live that we move and that we have our being and I'm so grateful today to be able to announce and to share with you that if any man be in Christ he's a new creature old things have passed away and all things have become brand new why well because while we were sinners Christ died for us and not only did he die, but he was buried. The Bible records that on the third day, he rose again from the dead. And I love the way the book of Colossians says it, that if he arose, you too can rise. And I don't know if there's any, any a better, more appropriate weekend than Mother's Day weekend for you to rise out of your situation. No more excuses. No more reasons. No more blame. No more guilt. In fact, whom the sun sets free is free indeed i want you to give your life to the lord recommit your heart to jesus maybe you're hearing this for the first time and honestly i've not really been in a church or i may maybe i've not been uh, around christians but i do believe the gospel and i do want change in my life and i want to give my life to jesus i want to pray for you right now and then the others who say you know pastor stevens i for whatever reason, I'm not where I need to be. It's, it's been a tough season. It's been a, been a tough year. Things have happened. I'm no longer as committed or, or, or consecrated as I should. But I want to rededicate my life to the Lord. I want to pray for you as well. And if your mama's on the earth living, you share this with her. And if she's going to be with the Lord in heaven, she's smiling today. Because you are making a decision to be born again, to be saved, to be a Christian praying right now father for those that are online and for those that can hear my voice whether now in the in this current moment or even for those that will listen to this broadcast in the seasons to come may it be as fresh and as real then as it is right now and so i ask that you repeat these kind words after me say father forgive me for all of my sins i thank you for the word on this Mother's Day weekend and I give my heart come on I rededicate my life to serving you wash me with your blood that I may be whole again 
forgive me for all of my sins. Today, I am a Christian. Today, I'm born again. Fill me with your Holy Spirit that I may do your will. This I ask in Jesus' name. Come on, everybody, let's say amen and help me appreciate and celebrate salvation.